Our scripture reading this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 4, and then 8 through 11. Hear this holy word. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance for our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations, and their offspring among the people. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will rejoice greatly with the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. And today we're going to have one more hymn before the sermon, so if you'll join with me and stand as we are able to sing, Take My Life and Let It Be, which can be found as in 399 in your nine.
pretty bad habit during the early months of the COVID-19 pandemic. Perhaps it would be better to say that my bad habit intensified during those early months of dis-ease. I would find myself filling the empty moments of lockdown, constantly scrolling the news feeds on my phone, CNN, Washington Post, MSNBC, The Guardian, New York Times. If it was a news source, I probably read it. And this bad habit is often termed today as doom scrolling, the tendency to continue surfing through bad news, even though the news is saddening, disheartening, and depressing. And let me tell you, there's no shortage of bad news in our society today. Just flip on the news or pull out your device. Threats of nuclear attack by Russia and Ukraine, the stock market crashing, constant reminders on local news stations about shootings and murders. The list goes on and on. It seems this habit of doom scrolling only results in one thing, a constant anxious reminder that we are surrounded by bad news in a hurting world. How can we even celebrate the good? Does it even exist? And yet, that's exactly what God told God's people to do so long ago through the prophet Isaiah. We find ourselves in our text today in Isaiah 61, and Isaiah at this point appears to be speaking to an audience of exiles who have returned back to Jerusalem. You'll recall that at this point, uh, their return to Jerusalem, the Jews had been forced east into Babylon following Babylon's conquest of Judah. And we typically refer to this period as the Babylonian exile or the Babylonian captivity. And so in 538 BC, Cyrus the Great allows the Jews to come back to Palestine. And this return is where we find ourselves in the scripture today. In the latter parts of Isaiah, the prophet is writing to those who have returned back home. And as they return back home, they find that things are not as they had imagined. The reality of life back home was nothing like the expectations they had been given just a chapter earlier in Isaiah 60. Isaiah prophesied that nations would come to the light of the Jews and kings to the brightness of their dawn, but rather the Jews faced humiliation and frustration as the failure of the rebuilding of the temple and the city failed to match the glory they remembered when they were forced into exile. And we can't forget the other religious, political, and economic factors working within the city, not to the benefit of the returned Jews. The home the Jews returned to was not the home that they had envisioned, it was not the home that they had hoped for. Does it sound familiar? 
I've often find myself wondering why do we even watch the news? All of the devastation surrounding us, if all we see is the bad, it seems that all we ever see are stories of the oppressed. Iran cracking down on women refusing to wear headscarves, oppression. Seems all we see are stories of the brokenhearted, countless stories along the east coast of homes devastated and lives washed away by Hurricane Ian, brokenhearted. Seems all we see are stories of captives, stories of Russia attempting to illegally capture portions of Ukraine, holding individuals against their will, captives. Seems all we ever see are stories of the prisoners, stories of the 2,414 persons currently awaiting their final hours as they are held on death row, stories of those wrongly imprisoned for crimes they did not commit, too often persons of color targeted simply on the basis of how they look. Prisoners. And that's just this week. Makes me ask myself, why do I even turn on the TV when all I see is bad news on MSNBC? I think it's possible to read our passage from Isaiah today and to step back and think, you know, this is too good to be true. There are too many ruined cities and devastations around us for us to build up, raise up, and repair. And yet that's what God wanted the Israelites to do through the prophet Isaiah. Even more, it's a way the text can speak to us today, even in the midst of our own grief and pain. When we look around the world today, much like the Israelites did so long ago, and we hear and see our pain and discomfort all around us, such pain is often followed by promises from those in power, the politicians making grand policy briefs and speeches announcing freedom, announcing new ways of relief and comfort that will be before us in the coming days. How the old and broken systems of our society steeped in a collective trauma will soon be restored to new systems that actually work. Same talk, different day, and things never seem to get better. Perhaps I'm too pessimistic. Perhaps I need to take a clue from our scripture reading today. Even in the midst of the troubles of this world all around us, we, like the Israelites long ago, have been anointed. God's spirit is upon us to be change makers in a hurting world. Yes, our world may be full of demise, but friends, we are dual citizens. Citizens not only of an earthly world, but also citizens of the kingdom of God. A kingdom we have to view through a cruciformed lens, a kingdom that is upside down so that we can turn the world right side up a kingdom where we bring good news to the oppressed. I think of how, where I live in Durham, of Citywell United Methodist Church, who several years ago offered refuge to Samuel Oliver Bruno, who after 22 years in the United States was only safe from deportation by Immigration and Customs Enforcement by literally taking refuge, by literally taking sanctuary in his church. 
a kingdom where we bring good news to the oppressed. A kingdom where we bind up the brokenhearted, where we bind up the hurting hearts of those who face grief, depression, and loss, like we do through so many of our small group ministries offered throughout the church. A kingdom where we proclaim liberty to the captives, a kingdom where we provide tangible resources to those in communities facing domestic violence so they might come to know liberation from their deep hurt. A kingdom where we do work to release the captives. A kingdom where we join amongst interfaith prison ministries and advocate and protest for justice within our judicial systems for overhaul and reform. This is the kingdom we are called to announce, even in the midst of our despair. We can wait all day for politicians and talking heads to share with us their great plans of new and innovative public policy. Ensure those might sound great, but what are we doing now? What are we doing now? God didn't call Isaiah to wait until things were better waddling in the sorrow of unfulfilled promises. No, God calls us to do God's work even in the midst of a hurting world. And it does, it sound like we're living in such times today. You tell me. There's a quote that's attributed to the great German reformer of the church, Martin Luther, that goes like this, even if I knew that tomorrow the world would go to pieces, I would still plant an apple tree. Even in the midst of a world that so often feels as if it is falling out from underneath our feet, should we not still proclaim hope and good news of Jesus Christ? Should we not still sow, sow seeds of hope, compassion, justice, liberation, so that one day, one day, as our scripture says this morning, the earth will bring forth its shoots. And as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all nations. Many of you perhaps will recall a story from Luke, the gospel according to Luke in chapter 4. Jesus has returned to Nazareth, his hometown, the place where he had been brought up. And as he assumes his role in the synagogue, he stands up and he receives the scroll of the prophet Isaiah from the attendant. And he reads, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, to provide recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to announce the year of the Lord's favor. And after reading the scripture, you can, you can almost picture the scene. Jesus rolls the scroll back up. Silence is over the synagogue. The people are waiting for him to teach on the passage. And what does he say? Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing.
people begin to rumble. Faces turn from neutral expressions to expressions of disbelief and anger, so much so that you'll remember in the story they try to push Jesus off a cliff. Just as the Israelites returned home and realized things were not as they had imagined, so too did Jesus come to this realization as he returned to his hometown and was almost pushed off of a cliff. But friends, that didn't stop either one from doing the holy work which God anointed them to carry out. The work of proclaiming hope and good news in a hopeless and bad news world is a dangerous task. Yes, we live in a downtrodden world, an unjust world full of oppression, strife, conflict, and dissension. Yes, our world is those things. But are you ready to bring a word of hope, an action of liberation? Are you ready? I ask you, can you stand confidently today and say, today, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. May it be so. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the three in one. Amen. Will you pray with me? Let us pray first silently in the beating cathedrals of our hearts. God, our help and hope when waters rise, you brought Israel safely through the sea. Sustain us now and always so we might repair ruined cities, so that we might raise up the former devastations and be restorers of the streets that we live in. We ask these things through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen.